This is the Adventist World Radio, and you are listening to the Voice of Hope. For more information, please feel free to write to us. Our email address is Bible at awr.org, or you could also call us on WhatsApp at plus one two two four two 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 zero seven seven seven. From the studio of Adventist World Radio, Pune. A very warm welcome to you. This is our international English service. In our program today, we bring you an inspiring message and songs of praise. You will hear God's word to strengthen you spiritually. You are listening to Adventist World Radio, the Voice of Hope. What you gonna do? Ain't got time to die. Cause when I'm giving. 
Won't you get, get out, out of my way? Let me praise my Jesus. Get out of my way. Let me praise my Lord. If I don't praise Him, the rock's gonna cry out, Glory and honor, glory and honor. know more on our programs you are welcome to write to us on this postal address adventist media center post box 1446 market yard pune 411037 maharashtra india you can also log into our website to hear all our programs which is www awr.org Before we hear God's word here's a melodious song Good good news I know that good news my Lord I got a crown of beauty the kingdom made of that good news I know that good news I got a crown of beauty the kingdom made of that good news I know that good news I'm going to lay down this world I'm going to shoulder up my cross I'm going to take it home to my Jesus ain't it that good news my lord and I got a robe up in the kingdom ain't it that good news good news oh I got a robe up in the kingdom ain't it that good news ain't it that good news I'm going to lay down this world I'm gonna take it home to my Jesus. Ain't that good news? Good news. I got a savior in the kingdom. Ain't that good news? Ain't that good news? I got a savior in the kingdom. Ain't that good news? Ain't that good news? I'm gonna lay down this world and I'm gonna shoulder up my cross. Gonna take it home to my Jesus. Ain't that good news, my Lord? Good, good news. Ain't that good news? Good news, my Lord. Good news. From the studios of Adventist Media Center, Pune. We have. Helen Jacob presenting God's word our speaker for today is the director of Adventist Media Center Pastor Vara Prasad Jacob please go ahead pastor shall we begin with a prayer our eternal father in heaven thank you for another day in our lives i pray that you be with us as we open your word that you lift our hearts and our minds to you in jesus name we pray amen Our title for today is The Secret to Happiness Discovery Series number 15 In 1943 Japanese occupation forces ordered hundreds of American and European enemy nationals to an internment camp in China's Shantung province They had to endure months of boredom frustration overcrowding and fear 
Personalities clashed, tempers flayed, petty squabbles multiplied. But one man was described by an attorney as without a doubt the person most in demand and most respected and loved in camp, Eric Liddell, a missionary from Scotland. A Russian prostitute in camp would later recall that Liddell was the only man who'd ever done anything for her without wanting to be repaid in kind. When she first came into camp alone and snubbed, he put up some shelves for her. Another internee recalled he had a gentle, humorous way of soothing ruffled tempers. At one angry meeting of the internees, everybody was demanding that someone else do something about the restless teenagers who were getting into trouble. Little came up with a solution. He organized sports, crafts, and classes for the kids and began spending his evenings with them. You see, Little had won fame and glory at the 1924 Olympics, taking a gold medal in the 400 meters race. But in that cramped compound, he showed himself a winner in the Christian race as well, earning the admiration of the most worldly internees. What made him so special? You could have discovered his secret at 6 a.m. each morning. That's when he tiptoed quietly past sleeping companions, settled down at a table and lit a small lamp to illuminate his notebook and Bible. Eric Little sought grace and strength each day in the riches of God's Word. Point 1. The Guidebook to the Christian Lifestyle the Bible was written as a guidebook for the Christians. It is full of stories of real people like us who have experienced the same challenges we face every day. Getting to know these Bible characters, their joys and sorrows, their problems and opportunities helps us mature as Christians. The Psalmist David pictures our daily dependence on the Word of God by comparing it to a flashlight. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path is found in Psalms 119, 105. The illumination we get each day from the Bible makes clear the qualities we need in our lives and the principles of spiritual growth. Above all, the Bible presents us with Jesus, the light of the world. Life only makes sense when Jesus is shining on it. Point two, a transforming friendship. Christ wants the Bible to be as real to you as a personal letter from a close friend. I've called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. Found in John fifteen, fifteen. Jesus wants the very best for us. His word brings us into God's inner circle, those he confides in and personally instructs. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. John 16.33 In order to experience this peace, this secure relationship with Christ, we need to read the letters he sends us. 
That's what the Bible is. Correspondence from heaven. Don't leave those letters unopened. The transforming message you need is in the Word. Here is one typical testimony of the Bible's impact. I need help and I found it in Jesus. Every want was supplied. The hunger of my soul was satisfied. The Bible is to me the revelation of Christ. I believe in Jesus because He is to me a divine Savior. I believe the Bible because I have found it to be the voice of God to my soul. This is found in the Ministry of Healing, page 461. Point 3. Guidelines for Living in the Bible and the Ten Commandments A brief look at the Ten Commandments will help us understand why they and the Bible are an indispensable basis for right living. The commandments naturally fall into two divisions. The first four define our relationship to God and the last six define our relationship to other people. They are found in Exodus 20, 3-17. The first two commandments outline our relationship to God and to His worship. Commandment 1, You shall have no other gods before me. Commandment number 2, You shall not make for yourself an idol. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. The third and fourth commandments sketch our relationship to God's name and to his holy day. Commandment 3. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Commandment number 4. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. Commandments 5 and 7. Safeguard family bonds. Number 5. Honor your father and your mother. Number seven, you shall not commit adultery. Commandments six, eight, and nine and ten protect us in social relationship. Number six, you shall not murder. Number eight, you shall not steal. Number nine, you shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. Number ten, you shall not covet your neighbor's house. You should not covet your neighbor's wife or anything that belongs to your neighbor. The Ten Commandments define our relationship both to God and to other people. They are the guidepost of a Christian lifestyle. Point number four. What Jesus said about the Ten Commandments. One day as Jesus was teaching, an enthusiastic young man hurried up to him and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Christ could see that he was wrestling with a money problem and advised him to get rid of his possessions and obey the commandments. You can find this in Matthew 19, 16 and 17. The young man tried to sidestep Christ's diagnosis of his problem by asking which commandments he was talking about. Jesus lists several of the Ten Commandments. In verse 18 and 19 it says, Finally the rich young ruler turned and walked sadly. He really walked away sadly. He could give mental assistance, assent to the Ten Commandments. 
but he couldn't obey the spirit of the law by abandoning his selfish way of life. The Ten Commandments shows the boundaries within which healthy relationships with God and each other can grow. Jesus pointed to obedience as a way to real joy. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. John 15 verses 10 and 11 Point number 5. Guide to a Happy Life The book of Ecclesiastes is a report of Solomon's search for happiness. He records his quest for happiness in the riches of the world. Magnificent houses, productive vineyards, beautiful gardens, and orchards of luscious fruit. He multiplied servants. He found himself surrounded with every material thing a person could desire. But happiness eluded him, and he wrote, When I surveyed all that my hands had done, and what I had toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless, a chasing after the wind, found in Ecclesiastes 2.11. Solomon then turned to searching all the pleasures of this world in hope of finding happiness. He was taken in by wine, woman, and song. His conclusion, meaningless, meaningless, everything is meaningless, found in Ecclesiastes 12.8. Solomon had once tasted and seen the Lord is good. As he compared his early life of obedience to God and his reckless chase for happiness the things of sin, his verdict Here's the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Ecclesiastes 12.13 Solomon felt he could find a shortcut to happiness in a wild life. It was the close of his life. He was man enough to admit his error. To save others from the same error, he wrote, He that keepeth the law, Happy easy. Proverbs 29.18 Point number six. The Ten Commandments, an indispensable New Testament guide. In the New Testament, James testified, For whoever keeps the law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking, breaking all of it. For he who said, Do not commit adultery, also said, do not murder. If you do not commit adultery, but do commit murder, you have become a lawbreaker. Speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom. James 2, 10-12 Charles Spurgeon, the great Baptist preacher of the past century, declared, The law of God is divine law, holy, heavenly, perfect. There is not a command too many, there is not one too few, but it is so incomparable that its perfection is proof of its divinity. 
John Wesley, one of the founders of the Methodist Church, wrote this about the enduring nature of the law. The moral law contained in Ten Commandments. He said, He, Christ, did not take away. Every part of this law must remain in force upon all mankind and in all ages. This is found in Sermons, Volume 1, pages 221 and 222. Billy Graham, the world's most respected evangelical evangelist, regards the Ten Commandments so highly that has written an entire book about the importance to the Christian. Point 7. Power to Obey The Bible and the Ten Commandments are unchangeable, indispensable, perfect guide to happy living. Yet hearts are still in conflict. One woman expressed it like this, I believe the Ten Commandments are binding. I am certain that keeping them leads to happiness. I have tried my way best to keep them, but I just can't do it. I am beginning to believe that no one else can. The tendency of the natural person is to try to live a life of obedience to God's commands. But in answer to such trying over and over again from within the blackened heart of a person comes a frustrated response. I can't obey. Why? Because the sinful mind is hostile to God. It is not submit to God's law, nor can he do so. It's found in Romans 8, 7. Then what is the purpose of the Ten Commandments? Through the law we become conscious of sin, found in Romans 3.20. The function of the law is to lead us to utter realization that we are hopelessly lost in need of a Savior. The law was put in charge to lead us to Christ, that we might be satisfied by faith. On Galatians 3.24 Jesus is the answer. Once we are Jesus' feet, in absolute helplessness. By faith we can receive forgiveness for our sins and power from Him to obey His commands. Point number eight, loving obedience to the Ten Commandments. Jesus tells us that obedience is the result of love. If you love me, you'll obey my commands. John fourteen fifteen. If we love God, we will obey the first four commandments which define our relationship to God. And if we love people, we will obey the last six which define our relationship with others. The person who tramples on the Ten Commandments sin. Everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness. Found in 1 John 3.4 but thank God we have a Savior who came to this world and died, was resurrected, and now lives for one purpose. But you know that he appeared so that he might take away our sins, found in verse 5. Our Savior forgives and removes our sinfulness. He then promises to give us love to love God. The great antidote to a life of selfishness and sin. God has poured out his love in our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given to us.
we have no innate ability to keep God's law. God's love poured out in our hearts is our only hope. Eric Little demonstrated that even in the worst of circumstances, the believer who is plugged into God's power can live a contented, obedient life. Little demonstrated a winsome grace, a time of stress and fear. His love relationship with Christ energized him with the Holy Spirit, enabled him to meet the righteous requirements of the law. A love relationship with a crucified and risen Savior can produce that quality of life. I believe that you've been blessed by today's message. Shall we all bow our heads for prayer? Father in heaven, we thank you for showing us how we can transform our life. Thank you for being our guide and the Bible leading and guiding every step that we take. Thank you for your grace. We believe that you have called us and that you have a purpose in our lives. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for your love and grace. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Have a good day and God bless. We have almost come to the end of our broadcast. To know more on God's Word, you are always welcome to write to us. Adventist Media Center, Post Box 1446, Market Yard, Pune 411037, Maharashtra, India. And you can email us at helenrichesv at gmail.com. Dot com. Helen Riches V at Gmail dot com. H E L E N R I C H E S V at Gmail dot com. You can contact us with your prayer requests and your interest for Bible study at these numbers Center of Digital Evangelism CDE. Zero 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 eight zero 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 four zero one seven zero four, or you can message us directly at plus one seven four seven two eight two two eight eight zero. Our WhatsApp number is plus nine one nine zero 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 eight. 9093 and you can email us at helen at gmail com h e l e n r i c h e s v at gmail com we invite you to visit us on our website www dot awr dot org this is david and i am madhuri signing off at awr do join us again along with your family and friends till then we wish you 
goodbye and God bless. This is the Adventist World Radio, and you are listening to the Voice of Hope. For more information, please feel free to write to us. Our email address is bible at awr dot org, or you could also call us on WhatsApp at plus one two two four two 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 zero seven seven seven. 